I really wouldn't want to necessarily call it a fight, but it kind of really turned into a fight a little bit. Oh, it was a fight. It was a really good fight. <laughs> it's a it, it was a real fight, which is good news and bad news for everyone who listens to this because we are real human beings. I'm, right. a, I'm a professional counselor who has all of these skills, who knows how to teach people how to have better marriages. You're an incredibly smart woman who's yep. very beautiful with your glasses on right now. <laughs> Thank you. And, and you're compassionate and empathetic. And we still, still. get into stinking fights yep. because we're human beings and we're fallible and yep. we're not perfect and our feelings show up and our defensive brains kick in. And I was pissed off at you and you were hurt by me. Yep. And it was a fun Saturday morning. Welcome to the Secure Marriage Podcast, where we believe it's possible to fight less, feel understood, and enjoy a deeper connection with your spouse. We're your hosts, Paul and Shannon Elmore, and on today's episode, how one misinterpreted text led to our huge fight. Um, do you want to start the story, or do you want me to start the story? Um, I don't know. I'll start the story. Okay, you start the story. This will be good. This oh, this be should good. be really interesting. Because. Wait, my, do you have notes that you took? No, 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 no. Oh, okay. Uh, on Saturday morning, my wife went for a, a, a run. Now, this isn't just any run. Uh, for her 50th birthday year, which is this year, she's trying to do 50K. So 5Ks over and over, 5Ks times 10. And with COVID and the way the world is right now, all these races have been canceled. So instead, they're sending my wife medals and swag and t-shirts and headbands and all the stuff that makes her actually run. She doesn't run to get healthy, doesn't run for the exercise. She runs because she gets a tchotchke at the <laughs> end of the stupid race. Yeah, so so these races, I didn't, Paul, we were talking about this before. He said, well, why don't you just do 5K on your own just because so you can get to your goal? Well, that's not the point. The point is I signed up for races so that I could do this with people. Number because one, because wife, I don't like running and I don't yeah. like this kind of stuff. But if you do it with people, it makes it more sure. enjoyable. And you do feel a sense of accomplishment. Sure. Accomplishment. But truly, I'm in it for the swag. I like the goodies that you win when you get done. My wife is six years old and she wants to break into the cereal box to get the, get the prize <laughs> to get inside. get the prize in the box. She is a sucker for those kind of things. She will buy the cereal because it has the cool little plastic dinosaur on the front that she wants. And there's nothing wrong with that. I love my wife for this and my my heart is happy. She's been working her butt off and it is fun to see the progress that you are doing. Thank you. I so that's the beginning that. of yes. the story. But you get up and you you start running and it's about what? 7 30 8 o'clock yeah, Saturday up, morning uh, yeah I think I got up and it's raining it's a it's a wet drizzly cold gross Portland kind of day which makes it perfect for the run because the one that I was doing I was making up the muddy dash yep. which is in the mud in a mountain yep. trail somewhere doing obstacles and getting grungy and dirty and gross yes. and and I didn't know it was raining when I got up but I thought yeah. awesome this will work great so while she's out running her thing I start working on some projects around the house for me and at 9.46 a.m. on Saturday, June 20th, this is how I know exactly <laughs> when it is because I'm reading the text right now. Here's the text I get from my wife. At Summit, almost done. My medal for Muddy Dash is on my dresser, left side, by white sunglasses. Can you meet me outside and award me when I'm done and have someone take pictures of me finishing? Thanks. 
And then a text right after that saying, just be watching for me. And I respond with, okay. I also say, text me when you're near, when you're near coming into the pavement. So when the trail comes onto the pavement, so I can come out and meet you. Okay. So that is the, that's the setup for the story. <laughs> Do you want to tell them what happened next? Well, let me, let me add, that's the part that you got. So. No, no, that's the part that's written down. That's black and white. <laughs> right. Well, you told your part of this. Are you done telling your part of the tell story? Tell what happened next. And then we'll talk about interpretation because that's where this whole thing falls apart is interpretation of this text right here. Well, I can't start at the summit. Okay. You start wherever you want. Thanks. We should argue. <laughs> we should have an argument about how to tell this story Sorry. about arguing. <laughs> so, so I um, do this 5K around the mountain. This is the first time that I've actually done 5K around the mountain trail. It's just right across the street from us. And I, I'm at the summit, the which the means mountain. which means I've already done about two, not quite two and a half miles. Yeah. I'm not entirely sure. Um, the hardest part because the, 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 around the bottom, you get around to the, to the end as you start to come back up to the summit. And then you have this huge uphill, which makes my heart pound, makes it hard to breathe. And part of me says, I don't think I'm ever going to finish. Mm -hmm. And I get past that part and I'm headed up to the top. And then there's another steep climb and I get to the top and I am excited i'm like yes i am on the homeward stretch because yep. i've done this part it's before. literally all downhill from there it really truly is <laughs> um and so i'm at the top and i i i take as fast as i can to send my husband a text i figure he's up by now he's probably mm. ready um but i'm shaken i can't breathe i don't have my glasses on so i can't really see my phone real good and I send him a fast text as fast as I can so I can keep my time going because I don't want to mess up my time. I'm trying to beat my time frame. And so I send him a text saying, uh, meet me outside. I want someone to take a picture of me when I finish. Give me my medal. Here's where it's at. And I text him, um, just be waiting for me, mm -hmm. just like you said. Mm -hmm. So I come and I'm thinking, okay, and I put my phone away. I'm done. I'm not getting it back out because I don't want to take up any more time. And I'm... I'm, I'm going down the hill and I'm just having a great time. And I ran the whole way down. Um, I even ran a, another part twice because I splashed through the puddles the first time. And I thought, I'm going to record myself splashing through the puddles. So I do that. And I just big grin on my face because I'm like, I have accomplished this on my own. Can't wait till I get home. And everybody's going, yeah, you did great. My honey's there telling me you did awesome. Um, give me my award. And I get down through the end of the trail. I'm getting close to the end of the, and I'm, there's, there's some neighborhood houses and I'm thinking, yes. Yeah. So I shout, woohoo, really, really loud thinking, all right, Paul will know that I'm coming cause he's waiting for me. I ask him to wait for me. And I, I come down the, the sidewalk and around the corner and across the street and start heading down the sidewalk to where our grassy area is. And I get to this tree that's, I don't know how many feet from our house and there's nobody out there. Mm -mm. And I'm, I'm like going, okay, maybe I just can't see Paul. Maybe he's up on the porch because, uh, it's raining, he, it's raining and he doesn't want to get wet. And and I get down to the end of the tree line to come down into the yard and nobody's there. And I just started sobbing. I was, I was so sad. Nobody was there. Mm -mm. 
and I get down the, I get down the hill and I'm and of course not only am I sobbing but I can't breathe because I just ran for over half a mile mm-hmm. which I don't, I'm not a runner I have, have asthma. I have asthma, but it was downhill, so that makes it much easier mm-hmm. to actually accomplish. Mm-hmm. Um, I probably have a million endorphins kicking mm-hmm. through me from the excitement of accomplishing something yeah. that has now just been pushed to the side because there's nobody there to celebrate it with me. Yeah. And I was so, so upset about it. Yeah, you were. Just, and then, and then. I look up and the door opens. I'm already bent over sobbing and the door opens and Paul comes out and he's zipping up his coat and he looks mad at me. And I couldn't. Mad at you. Yeah, you look mad at me. Well, you weren't mad at me. No. I was afraid. My wife is now on my front porch, the front walkway, sobbing. And the first thing that goes through my husband brain is... What happened? Are you okay? Did you get hurt? Did someone chase you? Did something bad happen on this mountain? Because you're running through the forest by yourself for the last 45 minutes. You're now on my porch with no explanation of why you are sobbing. And I'm worried that something bad has happened to you. So I am in, I am in danger, danger mode. And then you tell me no one was out here to... To to, greet me. To give me my award and to take pictures of me finishing. Yes. And here's where it all falls apart. Yeah. That's that's where he actually got mad at me. Yes. Because. Why? Well, because you had actually been in the house. You got my text. You had actually stopped what you were doing. Got up. Got your camera ready. Got a tripod. Got a tripod. You had to look for it because it wasn't where you expected it to be. Uh, you got my medal for me. Got my shoes ready to go. I you got, got your tripod because there go. was nobody up yet yeah. to to take pictures. Yep. And you were standing inside of the kitchen from the watching out the window. Watching out the window so I can for see me. you when you run by. Right. And you were disappointed because you wanted me to be outside where you could see me. Take taking pictures. Taking pictures of, of me you. finishing. Taking pictures of you finishing. Right. And. I was going to take pictures of you finishing and awarding the medal. Yeah. So you come, you stand there. I put the medal around you while we turn the tripod on and I do exactly what you asked. Yeah. So we had very different definitions of what finishing meant and what my expectations were. Yes. And I heard you when you said, um, I heard you say that I don't care about you because I wasn't standing outside exactly where you wanted to me to be that all this other stuff that I had done, getting my shoes ready, watching for you, finding the tripod, getting getting everything ready for you in the way that I interpreted your text. When you are now crying and saying, I don't care about you, again, you didn't use those words, right. but but you did use words similar along the lines of, can't you, can't you understand why? How important how, this was to yeah. me. And it's like, yes, it's important to you, but how it gets executed now is the difference in it. Right. And and it led to this really big fight where you were trying to argue the primary point of I felt alone. I right. came down the hill and there was no one to celebrate me because I like tchotchkes and I like celebration and I like I like the the pomp and circumstance right. of it, finishing a race and that's what you are hoping for. I took it more literal of, oh, you want me to just put a medal around your neck and take a picture of it. Right. I and, did that. I and, can do that. And I felt 
I felt like you're accusing me of not caring. So that is where our fight gets rooted in. Right. You are alone. You are feeling alone and hurt and like I don't care about you. Right. And I am feeling accused of not being caring when I really care about you a lot. Right. Exactly. And so in the middle of this, my defensive brain absolutely got triggered because I'm going to convince you how caring I am. (laughs) Right. By getting really intense with you. Yes. And I didn't (laughs) like that at all. No. No. And you are still hurt and disappointed and frustrated. And you can't see in that moment. You could not see how my feelings could be true. No, I really, truly couldn't. I, I, and I even told you, I can't remember what words I used, but I told you yesterday, which actually made you smile. Yes. Um, that I really felt like my feelings were more important than yours yes. or something along those lines. That's exactly what you said. Which for me to admit something like that, that was pretty huge because normally it probably one of the themes about our marriage. And again, we'll put this out there in front of microphones for everyone else to hear is it actually does feel like that when we get into some disagreement, you can't see past your own feelings to be aware of what I might be feeling. Yeah, you actually have a hard time with empathy and compartmentalization. Yes. When, when I have when I have strong feelings, yes. I am not able to have empathy for you. Yes. My mine mine have to calm down and settle down. And then even if you most I think most of the time, um, when you've had the opportunity to share when we're going back and forth, I can't can make the connect the dots Mm-mm. in that moment. Oftentimes afterwards I can, but sometimes even then I can't because yeah. I just couldn't hear it. I, and and sometimes it really just doesn't make sense to me. And it's, I know how hurtful that is for you, yeah. but it's actually very frustrating for me too, because I can't give to you what I want to be able to give you as a wife. You have a common theme, which is common for a lot of people, not just women, but, but men and women is you to get mad at me, not because of the situation, but you get mad at me because of the feelings I have about the situation. So if, again, in this situation, I'm now feeling frustrated. You're mad at me because I'm frustrated. Yeah, actually, that's, I don't know that I could have admitted this yesterday, but that's actually true. I, I could not understand if I'm the one that's hurt yeah. and I'm the one who felt alone, how on earth could you be mad at me for yeah. that? I just... And, and even still, it, it, we've talked about it. It makes mm-hmm. sense to me now. Yeah. But it still doesn't seem plausible. fair or plausible or I, I don't understand it. Even though if it was reversed, it would... Uh, makes perfect sense. Maybe. Yeah. I, and this is an important thing to kind of tag right now to kind of pause the story. It makes more sense to you now because you're not in your survival brain. Your right. defensive brain isn't triggered. Your rational frontal neocortex, the thinking rational part of your brain is actually turned on and engaged right now. You can look at it conceptually going, oh, I can see why my husband would have those feelings. Sure. In that moment at 1030 yesterday, there's no way in the Saturday you could not see that. You could not see it because your emotional brain had kind of taken over all processing capacity in your noggin. Right. And, and, it, and, and it was, it really was emotional overload. Yeah. Um, and when that happens, then forget it. I, I, I can't see beyond my own yeah. nose. And this is where 
husbands and wives who want to work on their marriage, this is the thing that they work on the most, is learning how to um, take care of their defensive brain or their survival brain when it kicks on. Because when we respond to our husband or wives out of that brain, we do one of two things. We either attack verbally, emotionally, right. physically sometimes, or we withdraw. We shut down, we we withhold, we we protect, we retreat. Right. Neither one of those things is helpful to resolve a situation. And they're both fueled by this defensive brain or the survival brain. And so when you and I interact, when anyone else out there interacts, we have to learn how to do that um, without triggering your my words, my phrases, my tone, my posture, right. everything about me has to try to keep you in your rational, logical thinking brain and not trigger your defensive brain. And I need to make sure that I am not responding out of my defensive brain, right. my, my, my survival brain. I have to be able to speak clearly, um, thoughtfully, intentionally, proactively, not reactively. I need to be able to stay in that state what we've been saying is your husband and wife is not the enemy. It's your survival brain. That's the enemy. The, the, pr- true. the protective defensive brain is the enemy of marriage. It's the thing that gets in the way the most. It does. It, and we, it's irritating. We ran into it full on in the brick wall. I think, Saturday I think morning. both the boys disappeared. Yes, they did. <laughs> they made a hasty retreat downstairs. And we had it out in the kitchen. But the but the nice thing is our kids give us the space. That they they probably go away because it's uncomfortable. Nobody yeah. likes to see their parents yeah. fight. But they also know it'll get taken care of. It'll get taken care yeah. of. And they came back later. Both of them came up to me and gave me a hug yeah. because they know mom had a rough. <laughs> mom needs a hug. Mom needs a no hug. No one gave me a hug. See, my feelings don't matter. <laughs> oh, I gave man. you a hug. And I told you, I admitted that I didn't think that your feelings were as important as mine were. That's a, for me, that's a huge The other dynamic that plays into this is you actually really wanted me to stop feeling what I was feeling immediately. Yes, I did. I'm sorry. And that would be the same thing as me looking at you right in the eyes and go, stop crying, stop feeling so bad, and then we'll talk about it. The chances of that are happening are none. Yeah, but nil. Okay, but you okay? I have to remind myself. I have to. I have to remind myself that you did get your feelings hurt, whether I intended that or not. And it doesn't matter that you got your feelings hurt. Second, you still got your feelings hurt, and and so my feelings actually matter. Yes, it's important. They're important. So again, a little quick time out here. This dynamic that's happening right here, which is you shouldn't be feeling this way. That is a cancer that takes over so many relationships. When someone has hurt feelings. Right. And we look at them going, I'm not going to be nice to you because you shouldn't be feeling that way in the first place. This is your problem. If you feel bad, it's your fault. And we leave people who are hurting and struggling and sad and disappointed and lonely and and traumatized we leave them alone right in their feelings because we believe they shouldn't be feeling that way instead it, we have to learn how to become empathetic and go i don't understand why you're feeling that way but i believe you obviously your feelings are that way right and i will see if i can still understand be with you um listen right connect. and and for me it might actually mean i have to say I think my feelings are more important. You did. 
Well, and, and I know I did that, but I'm just thinking I might have to say that yeah. every time to be able to to be able to acknowledge that you have some too. Yeah. That and good. and especially when especially when I feel like it's not fair that you have feelings. Yeah. Cuz it's like mine kind of take over so it yeah. makes it hard to see yours and we've talked about that we yeah. both know that to help me be able to acknowledge the full extent mm -hmm. not just that I'm hurt but that there's some more around it. it's like will you instead of saying the things that make sense of well I don't understand why you could be hurt or whatever being able to say well I think that I'm my feelings are more important because I got hurt first and just acknowledging that piece yeah. and being able to go, okay, that might be able to move me into a place of going, okay, so now that there, that's there. Okay. Paul probably does have feelings regardless of who got hurt first. This is um, what makes relationships so hard is usually 99% of the time, two people have hurt feelings, not just one. Yeah. Two people. And when two wounded, upset, hurt, scared people are trying to vie for take care of me first. Take care of me. No, no, no. You take care of me first. No, right. I got hurt. That is what creates conflict and, and fights. And being able to understand and validate each person's experience. And the reality is one person is going to have to go first. Sure. And I'm going to suggest that most of the time, that's the duty of a husband. You want to care for your wife's feelings first. And I also think for, again, a lot of guys, not every guy out there, definitely not every guy out there, but men typically have a greater capacity to compartmentalize. I can put my feelings on the back burner and shift mind, shift my mind into, okay, what is she feeling? What is she going through? What do you need? And I actually can genuinely try to take care of your feelings first. I did that yesterday or right. Saturday. Right. I, I tried to understand you first so that you feel understood, heard, connected, validated, all of these things. And, and all of those things are the things that help me get out of that survival, um, brain. survival brain and get back into a rational yes, mode. Yes. Um, it wasn't working super great yesterday. I really, I really believe you did a fantastic yeah. job. You really, truly did. Um, and now that I'm out of it, it's easier, definitely easier to see that. Um, I really think that it wasn't just mm -mm. the hurt feelings. It was, it was, it was a whole combination of joy, excitement, yeah. exhaustion, hurt, sadness. Yeah, it was a perfect storm. Yeah, it was a perfect storm for me really, truly not to be able to yep. get out of my own, yep. get yep. that switch flipped back. Yeah. The other thing that I would probably have people understand is um, sometimes it takes a little extra time for real, genuine empathy to show up. So a couple hours later, we were sitting on the couch and all right. of a sudden it hit me. Oh, my honey came home after doing this huge thing and she was all alone and I feel really bad for that. You did. And I turned to you with little tears in my eyes. You going, did. I'm so sorry, honey. Yeah. And I wasn't talking about me at all. I was talking no. about you. Yeah. And then you yelled at me and said, don't make me cry. <laughs> well, I didn't yell at you. <laughs> but I was like, I finally feel better. Yeah. Don't, don't stir up emotions for me again. But... 
And then we get connected, right. genuinely connected. It isn't, it isn't like what a lot of couples have, which is the conflict kind of gets swept under the rug and there's this tension for the next three days and you're disconnected and you're kind of still strangers until it just kind of blows over. We spend time and genuinely get connected where we like each other again right. and the issues actually resolved. Yeah. I, I don't feel like there's anything unresolved in this. This isn't no. this isn't gonna come up in the next fight we have or fight ten times from right. now. No. This isn't gonna get recycled because this one's done. Yes. It is resolved. And a lot of couples they don't know how to resolve that conflict and get connected again. Right. And again, connected is you where you are open, you are transparent, you are safe. You not you're not on your guard and you're walking not, on tiptoes. And you're not holding what just no. happened against one another no. or clinging to it for the next time no. just to exactly. just in case. Exactly. So this was too good to pass up. <laughs> um this is what we try to do on this podcast is let you know again, even though we are trying to help other couples improve their relationships, you're not alone in this. Right. We are still practicing it every single day of our marriage yeah. here. And we're glad to say that these don't happen as frequently as they did when we first got married, but oh, they still Jesus. happen. They still happen because we are fallible, sinful, right. selfish human beings and we are still learning and growing in this. And if that's where you're at in your marriage and your marriage isn't perfect and you are still struggling and you're feeling disappointed and you're feeling discouraged, welcome to the club. We have hats. Yep. It is It is normal. But it does not have to stay that way. You can actually learn the skills that will help you be able to resolve these conflicts faster, better, uh, genuinelier, um, right. more organic and less frequent you will have these fights not as often because now you're getting out of that survival defensive brain right. and you're able to operate out of your relational brain you think about the needs of the other person and they think about yours right. and it, now marriage gets good yeah and, and i think that if if i can get to the place where i'm at <laughs> any but there's hope for everybody uh -huh. And we want to be able to direct you to finding the tools and resources. Right. That's how we build Secure Marriage. Yes. So securemarriage.com. Securemarriage.com is the place to start. You can actually take a little quiz there and help you assess your own relationship on the six parts of the Secure Marriage Framework. And then from there, there's actually a couple little free courses like on communication and conflict resolution. All that doesn't cost you anything. Uh, but if you do decide, hey, we want more uh, kind of a deeper dive, more in-depth training in this, we actually have some online workshops you can pay for and you can go through. Yep. We're actually developing some other stuff uh, even as we talk right now uh, because we're trying to find the best way to help as many couples as possible. Right. If you want specific help with your specific situation, you can actually email us. We're real human beings and we do check our email. And so you can email Shannon at Shannon at securemarriage.com. Not got Shannon a at Shannon. Shannon at securemarriage.com and Paul at securemarriage.com. Yep. And that will get emails to us and then you're welcome to ask a question and we'll either respond via email or even make a podcast. That's what we yep. did just before this one. So anyway, we hope that your marriage is um, growing and thriving and improving just like we ours is and we're working on ours. If we can help in any way, please let us know. Other than that, thank you so much for listening and we'll talk to you later. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.